Welcome to Thrive at Work, the podcast that brings trends, insights, and practical tips to help employers attract, develop, and retain great people. Here, you'll find inspiring conversations with experts in their field and companies doing amazing work to shape a future where people can thrive. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Thrive at Work. The ways we work have changed immeasurably over the last few years, and this includes how we use our workspaces. Today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Dieter Wood, Managing Director of Interaction, based in my home city of Bath. Experts in the modern workplace, they believe that everyone deserves a space to thrive and are on a mission to banish boring workspaces, working with clients to design and create best-in-class workspaces fit for the future. Welcome, Dieter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good, good. Thank you for that introduction. That was very, very good, accurate, I hope. Oh, good. Great. (laughs) That's what we like. So tell us more about Interaction and what you do and what you offer to clients. Tell us all about it. Okay, so, well, Interaction is, for us, it's a really exciting proposition. We are a business which is really, like, um, based in a kind of zone of creativity. Uh, we really want to help our clients to bring out the very, very best in their people. Um, what we do is we kind of, I suppose, deliver for our clients a culture uh, for them, which we develop by creating really, really good spaces around them. Ultimately, you know, we are builders as well. So we're quite, whilst we kind of are honed there uh, in designing great spaces and understanding the minds of the people who are in them, we then... Um, project manage and deliver all of those spaces and make sure that what we do has uh, intelligent impact on our sustainability. Great. So you understand the minds of people who are in those workspaces. How do you go about how do you go about that? How do you go about finding out? <laughs> well I suppose we, we typically work with lots of businesses where um, they really value the input of their staff and they're trying to uh, drive out the kind of creativity, productivity, collaboration of the people who work for them and and you know people react to the environments that they are in so we are i suppose specialists in creating lots and lots of different types of work settings where um we can bring out the best in people in in those aspects um you know it's it's very different when you often when you look at um lots of these very nice offices which you'll find on the internet it's all about you know often they are built around uh, extroverts, I suppose, uh, and, and people who want to be loud and high five and all those sort of things. We don't believe that's the best way um, to get the most out of people. It's about creating a real balance of spaces which cater for lots and lots of people and lots of different types of work function. Um, so that's what we do. We try and understand um, not only the culture of where our businesses we work with are now, but where they are aspiring to get to and what we think are all the triggers that will help them get there and it isn't just about the environment and the space that we put in there uh we try and help them with kind of cultural um uh pieces uh, with around their staff as well mm. okay so what comes first then the culture or do you help them to define their culture and then work from there <laughs> well i think you know every culture of every business is pretty unique uh, although it's often fairly defined by a few individuals who, who lead those businesses. Um, and I think sometimes when people come to us, it's because they feel that um, they want to keep hold of the core things in their culture. 
but they what they want to do is really build on the successful parts of it and use that to attract more people to join them um yeah understanding exactly what that culture is is key and you know um there isn't any kind of secret source that we have to do that i think that's through lots and lots of experience asking the right questions um but understanding what the aspirations uh, of those people are um and it's kind of a two-way conversation uh, to get out what that culture is that they want to achieve um often the culture that they're trying to achieve is one that retains talent and attracts talent um and you know there is a little bit of sales around this uh, for a lot of the businesses that we work for it's like what what is it around setting that cultural piece that is going to help us be successful going into the future mm, brilliant thank you so how important is the environment that we're in in terms of productivity and how we generally sort of are motivated at work or get on generally at work well, i mean it's, it's crucially important isn't it because uh how you feel in a space is absolutely gonna uh, have an impact on your output uh, and how you feel valued by the business that you work for, how you feel valued by the colleagues that you're working with. Um, I suppose where we are looking at it is that we're always thinking to ourselves, which environment around these people is going to best leverage the output that they want? So sometimes people need to focus uh, and need to have quite quiet spaces. Sometimes they need to collaborate or feel very inspired and be creative. Uh, other times, you know, we're, we're not just creating office space, obviously we're creating space for well-being, so it, kind of, it might be places where um, uh, they can uh, take some real kind of time out of the middle, you know, they're providing um, space to do sports or changing or whatever those things are, but also for socialising. You know, socialising is really, really important within the workplace. Um, if you want to build a team and build trust within teams, getting them socializing with each other is a really important part of building trust. And building trust is obviously very important for the success of that team. Mm. Yeah, brilliant, thank you. <clears throat> what changes have you seen to the way that sort of workspaces are used over recent years? Because obviously we had the pandemic where um, we were all either, you know, businesses were either shut if they couldn't continue working remotely or everyone had to work from home and now, I'm seeing certainly in the um, businesses that I'm talking to, a lot of them are still, they still have a hybrid um, approach now, uh, or um, complete, actually some businesses have moved to completely remote. So I'm just really interested on, in your um, perspective around that. Yeah, well, obviously we went through the phase that we had the pandemic where the, the office was dead and everybody was like, you know, six, eight, 10 weeks in, uh, to the pandemic or four months into the pandemic, I think you know people felt you know we don't we don't need this um, physical workspace. We shouldn't be wasting our time travelling to it. Um, but of course, fatigue kind of built in uh, over time as people were working entirely remote, and they felt this real need to be back together. Um, and I think you know we are a sociable um, uh, we're social animals, aren't we? And we want to interact in a in a face-to-face -face kind of way so how have we seen it we've gone from being uh pre-pandemic the culture of everybody being in five days a week to in the pandemic everybody being completely remote and then of course that has given the opportunity uh by experiencing uh the, those two extremes to really sense what it is that they want going forward you know one of the things that i've really loved in a way about the process that we've been in the last few years 
is pre-pandemic, having an office was a bit of a given, but people wouldn't actually place that much thought around it. Then they clearly proved that many businesses could work completely remotely, um, but they were missing something. And so post-pandemic, it was like, I think probably for me, I've been in the industry 20 odd years. It was the first time where a great portion of the businesses that we work for were like, what can we use this office for? What can we leverage out of it? What actually would provide as a, a benefit to the business, benefit the people who work for us? And they wanted to think much more intelligently about it and started to think much more about the spaces that were there. Um, for us, you know, it's the things that we've always talked about in the last 10, 15 years plus is about bringing people together, building community, uh, building, building trust, you know, inspiring creativity and stuff like that. And that happens in these spaces, which are really, really good quality. Um, so what, what's key things that people have changed? I mean, there's clearly just less desks. Um, people want much more space to collaborate. Um, they are much more uh, mobile in that space. You know, pre-pandemic, we were talking about, we spent a lot of time trying to explain to people that they could work anywhere and they didn't need to sit at a desk. And now that's just such a given um that it kind of releases these these environments to be much more fluid the way that you move around uh spaces um uh and i suppose ultimately because uh people's expectations i think is that whilst there may be less people in those those workspaces on a day-to-day -day basis because people are more hybrid their expectations need to be far higher quality space and actually have quite a bit more space around them they're they're very used to having their own rooms at home when they've worked at home so when they come back in they they expect that level of space and they want the sort of dynamic of being able to go from um a very quiet space where they can focus where they can make calls where they can get their heads down without being disturbed but then they want to walk out into the breakout space and be able to chat to everybody and have all the benefits of, of mm. working in an office together mm. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And for there to be a reason to go into the office, I think, as well, because, um, you know, if you're just going to be going into a workspace and sitting on calls all day, you might as well just be remote or be at home. But I think, yeah. you know, employers and managers creating a reason for sort of, you know, whether it's teamwork or collaboration or brainstorming on something or a social event or some teamworking, something like that, for there to be a reason for people to come in. But also, I think people being quite proactive about coming in as well, because I think it can affect um, mental health. You know, isolation can set in if you're um, if you're if you're totally hybrid and it's up to you when you come into the workspace. Um, I think uh, I think there's a lot to be said for actually coming in anyway and almost making yourself come in because you get so there's so much benefit from it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting, isn't it? The proposition now where people. Um, People who work inside these businesses have a choice of, on the whole, they have a choice of whether or not they come into an office environment or they don't. So if they make the choice to come in and they uh, spend their hour or so uh, commuting, their expectations is going to be really, really good. Um, and, and, you know, I think businesses on the whole, they do want people in, they, they, you know, they, they naturally feel that they just get more from people when they're in the office. I mean, there's lots and lots of studies that all uh, talk around all of those bits. Productivity is an incredibly difficult thing to measure. Um, but I think generally people, businesses, they like the idea of people coming in. 
So if they can use all the tools they can get in front of them in order to get people in um, and get a sense that they are building community there and that they, they can see people working, they can get a sense that they can approach them, uh, that they can have much more ad hoc um, conversations. They really, they really like that, don't they? I think uh, equally uh, on behalf of the staff, they're gonna go in, they feel like they form friendships um, mm. and they feel much more loyal uh, to the businesses that they work for and, and their colleagues that they work with. Um, mm. yeah, definitely, it was, I think right in the middle of the pandemic when everybody was working remote, you're like, oh my God, like, how, is any, how is this current generation gonna, be, gonna move to a new city and then meet any new friends and things like that? Because it is such a, it's a hotbed, isn't it? For like young people meeting each other, meeting partners and all those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a whole different world, really. But um, yeah, I think from my perspective, working with businesses in the way that I do, I've definitely noticed, you know, um, people bringing, you know, recruiting, hiring people remotely. Um, you really have to make an extra effort, I think. Arguably, it should have been there before, really. And onboarding yeah. is, is a really critical part of the employee journey anyway. Yeah. But um, you know, being remote, you do have or hybrid, you do have to make that extra effort because it's so hard to immerse. How can you immerse yourself in a company when you're not in the company physically? So, but yeah. it's making sure that um, you know expectations are very clear, um, the culture is very clear. There are lots of different opportunities to meet lots of different people as and try and replicate um, that sort of um, mm. you know those sorts of, of moments that might be more casual and might just happen by chance in the office trying to replicate that um in yeah. other ways but it's yeah I definitely think uh, i definitely think as an industry or is it employers or businesses that we work for we've got far bigger more of a challenge in the hybrid zone than we ever had in the kind of remote zone because i think but lots of businesses like being fully remote and everybody being remote you can kind of make that work with the right kind of personalities um you can definitely make that work. There's successful businesses do that i think they're quite unique in many ways, I think they were unusual, those fully remote businesses that don't feel the need to kind of have quite regular uh, check with each other. So the ones that are hybrid are more difficult because if you have, um, for your equipment process, particularly through the pandemic, you've got people who are either fully remote or are fairly remote because of the, their geographic location to where an office is, et cetera. Inevitably, the people who are face-to-face -face at those offices are gonna, are gonna have closer relationships, aren't they? Uh, and when you're the one person who's not in the room and um, connecting uh, on the screen, etc., you're not going to be quite as in that conversation as the other people who are. One of the things that's really great in our industry at the moment is, I mean, the pandemic has forced some brilliant advances in audiovisual um, uh, equipment, and it's kind of like, uh, and it's really evolved the investment I think that businesses are prepared to make. I mean, it's been really good, for, I think, for the um the impact of that is it, it's definitely better for those people who are, are, are sitting in those meetings and i think there's mm -hmm. technology got a long way to go but it's like you know significantly better than it was a few years ago um mm -hmm. but we also see that's really good for the environment you know like so um particularly where we work with um like some sales teams um with businesses and those sales teams used to be completely remote pretty much all the time so they would have very close relationships with their clients but actually with each other as sales teams they would they would see each other um rarely now a lot of those um sales conversations are being had remotely 
And so they can be in the office a lot more, which allows them to kind of um, knowledge share and mentor each other uh, much more closely. Uh, and it's really good for like, I think if you can get it right, you get everybody into the office and you can like um, be sharing that space. It's really good for kind of building people's careers, et cetera. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. So hybrid meetings, when you've got some people in the room and some people on um, a video call, yeah. it can be they can be a bit tricky. What, what are the sort of things that you've seen that have really worked, that are really good practices that you've seen in that area? Well, yeah. So what really worked, I think the challenge is that what, I think when we first started going hybrid, we were like, if, if not everybody's in the room, then we should all try and dial in and be separate. But then as more and more people came back to the office, you could see that there might be eight people in the meeting, six people were in the office, two of them are remote, and then six people are sitting at their desk with their headsets on. And they're like, well, why have we come in here? This is actually really awkward. Um, so how, how do you get over that? I think the people who are in the room, I think they should be in the room. I think on the whole, that works better. Um, it depends really on the seniority of the people or the... Or the um, the personality as well as the seniority or the, of the people who are remote because depending on the volume levels uh, of the of the screen where the people are remote when they um add into a conversation that can be quite a booming thing it kind of like, like they can take uh, definite control of that meeting or equally if you're a bit more passive you can just sit on the sidelines and have no idea what's going on at all um there's some really good, I mean, one way to go around it, some really, really good collaboration software out there uh, where, where you've got touch screens um, and you can make the collaboration that is happening and the looking at the documents also, if you can bring that onto the screen rather than onto the meeting table, that makes a really big difference to the people who are remote. It's huge. Mm. Um, that touch screen technology has moved on massively. Um, and I think that's where I, I think you, that's one of the places we're seeing a really big difference, as well as pretty much always have two screens. So um, having a screen where you've got the participants on screen and the second screen where you've got whatever it is documents that you are interested in, yeah. so you can do the touch screen and yeah. like that. Um, they work really, really, really well. I mean, mm. the audio is probably the thing where I would say you need to spend a lot of money um, getting it right, um, relying on a laptop's um microphone just doesn't really work in, in big meetings you've got to be able to either use virtual microphones or multiple microphones to pick up the voices of people at equal level depending on wherever they are in the room uh, mm. and disperse that volume well from the participants who are remote um, you know it makes a big difference like cameras that zoom in and stuff like that all, all of it makes a really big difference so you can see who's talking yeah yeah I can see that would make a difference yeah brilliant thank you um great so how can a workspace influence company culture do you think Blimey. how can it influence it well I think you know don't you every time you walk into a, any kind of business you walk in you walk into their reception um you might look out if, if it's no reception you might look out across the space and you do you do immediately make a kind of a judgment or an assumption about that business and, and how mm -hmm. it is, you know, based on the colors, uh, based on um, the lighting, the, 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 how people are acting in that space, how much of that space is dedicated to kind of like 
serious meeting spaces like climbing spaces, how much is dedicated to lounging spaces or to or socialising spaces, you are you immediately going to get a sense of what that business is like. Um, I was now I kind of uh, I suppose offices are just kind of um, you know they're very much like uh, a big space where people kind of interact and like you know like all the best parties often often the best stuff happens in the kitchen uh, and getting that social <laughs> right. If you can bring people together as the buildings get bigger and you know some of our projects that we're doing across multiple floors and trying to get a sense of a single culture and a single community is really tough mm. but you can do that by you know making a space mutually socializing good enough to to draw everyone into it if you can do that and you can make it the kind of space where people are approachable uh you know little tricks like you know um whether or not you want to be approached could depend really massively on whether, say, if you're on a high bench, you're much easier to approach uh, if you walk in than if you are sitting on a low sofa and you're in a corner. You know, they, they are different types of spaces to suit different types of people and, and they, they give off different signals. Yes, I'm happy to be approached. I'm right in the middle of this kitchen. I'm high up. You can come and chat to me. Or no, I'm on a sofa and I'm reading something and I'm in the corner. So all, all those little things will have an impact on, uh, I suppose, how people interact with each other. And that, that ultimately is the culture, isn't it? Um, in terms of, you know, how people interact and how people can second guess um, what the direction of travel is of the business. That, that is its culture. Mm. OK, great. Thank you. That's a fantastic answer. Yeah, you do definitely. It's like a first impression thing, isn't it? And I suppose that could help with all sorts from, you know, a customer's first impression of your business to a prospective employee's impression of your business when they've come for an interview. Yeah, um, yeah I can see that. Thank you. Great. Um, I was going to ask about um, just going back to sort of workspace in relation to productivity, engagement, um, and I guess recruitment and retention as well. So, how can a sort of a redesigned workspace help with a, a company to achieve its goals in, in those areas and other areas that you may be thinking of? <laughs> well, I think, you know, so definitely talent acquisition is, is, I suppose, and talent retention are the kind of, are the things that we over and over and over and hear our clients talk about. That is one of the, like, the key challenges they are trying to unlock. Yeah, me too. And I think um, you know when uh, a potential employee or a partner, or whatever, is, is, is thinking about coming on board with your business, they are making a judgment, aren't they, about how much do you value this relationship and how much uh, are you going to contribute to the success of this relationship? Now, clearly, if you are um, uh, someone who's going to come and work for a business, you're thinking about all the different elements uh, of that package. And they might be thinking about their salary and whatever, are they kind of maternity policies and holiday allowances and uh, all those things. But they're just all part of it, aren't they? And then they're looking at what would their colleagues be like? What is the culture here? Uh, how valued am I to this business and how much have they prepared to invest in my future? Um, so, you know, the office is a really good indicator of that for, for new people coming to space. They can see if there's a very nice space where um, the businesses who uh, they're potentially going to work for um, 
value being able to make them efficient by giving them the right levels of IT, uh, the right kind of spaces to work in, um, places where they can be uninterrupted or they can um, go and take a break or they've got access to, um, uh, you know, to do sports, et cetera. These things are really part of the decision-making uh, of um, potential staff when they're in that recruitment process. I think they look at it a lot. That's what we see. Uh, and equally, you know, um, in terms of when you're trying to retain people, um, you know, people tend to leave businesses where I think they're frustrated. And often people are frustrated when they feel inefficient. So they could be feeling inefficient because they think, well, I don't ever go to the office because no one else ever goes there and I can't really get anything done. And I don't really feel part of that community um, until I'm frustrated and I'm going to leave. If you are, um, if you feel very much part of a community and you feel very loyal to your colleagues because of that, that employer is much stickier. Uh, mm. It's much more difficult to leave. And those relationships are going to be far more likely to occur in a really good quality space, which encourages kind of um, social connection and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. That's your question. Sorry, that yes. A... <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you. It's making me think of it's like a hygiene factor. So it may not be the most motivating thing in the world, but to not have an office space where, as you were saying, where no one comes, you can't talk to people, you don't get much done, or or possibly possibly you can't get anything done because it's too busy or too noisy yeah. or too disruptive. But so you do, you do, it's not maybe not the major motivating factor, but you don't want it to become a demotivating factor, which could just be the difference between someone staying or someone deciding to leave. So yeah. it's interesting. I'm also seeing a lot of businesses with recruitment and retention being their um, one of their major challenges right mm. now. And it's it's serious because it's expensive. You know, it's expensive to keep recruiting. It's expensive in terms of time, management time and um you know lost productivity and all the rest of it so it's um yeah great thank you I, guess I think i think your role isn't it as an employer is to remove as many barriers as you possibly can mm. uh that are preventing people being successful and uh, and you know if you have really good people and you can remove all the barriers that are slowing them down um whether that be you know connection or, or, or whatever then they will be more successful. If they are more successful, they'll feel happier. They're much more likely to stay, aren't they? It's interesting you're saying about, um, you know, critical mass is something that some of our clients talk about where they're struggling, where they know they have people who want to come into the office, but one of the barriers of them not coming in is they get there and then there's no one else there. <laughs> and trying to, you know, get the critical mass to a point where actually you feel like you're missing out not coming to the office, Mm. and then suddenly it, it, it flips and mm. the engagement is far more uh, and people reconnect to it um, and often you know relocating or how refurbishing your existing office can be a really really good trigger for that because obviously it's demonstrating your investment in them as a team and investment in the business uh, yeah. and that you yeah. that's you know you're making a clear indication of what it is that you're trying to achieve yes yes and I've heard people say, oh, it's, you know, it's hard when you come into the office because it's hard to get things done because so that's on the other side of things where there's too many people. In. <laughs> yeah. And it's a distraction potentially. But actually, yeah. I just think it's a different type of work, isn't it? So 
you may be being distracted or having conversations that weren't planned, but that can really progress you in some elements of your role. Maybe that would that had been bugging you for the last couple of days, but you hadn't got anyone to talk to about it. And now you are having that conversation. Or and also I think it brings a different element of energy to you being around mm. other people. As you say, we are social creatures. We yeah. do sort of bounce um you know uh, energy around by bouncing ideas around other people it's hard when you're sort of on your own um so yeah but uh, yeah great thank you um excellent thank you so I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit just Lovely. by I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you've got some examples you can just give of some um some fantastic work I know because I know you've got lots of amazing workspaces that you've created and you work you work across the country don't you with with yeah, businesses yeah. I don't know if you can just just um, give us a few examples. Good stuff. Well, you know, we work with a real broad range of clients, um, but I suppose strong. I'm going to give a quote because because uh, a really strong uh, part of our business is working with the with the tech scene, um, and, and there that's uh, tech companies which are kind of effectively occupiers. Or uh, we work a lot with a co-working operator called Runway East. Who are kind of often born out of having many lots and lots of tech businesses that's kind of the core of what they do um and we think they're kind of really they're really good fun spaces they tend to be quite um i think the tech community works well with us they tend to be a little uh, less formal uh kind of like like a bit of fun they're much more mobile and hybrid and things like that um so I suppose the ones that jump out for us, we, we did a fantastic space uh, in Bristol um, for a company called Immersive Labs, really, really great client who embraced um, uh, really creating a home uh, for their staff, which would make them as creative as, as possible. You know, the, the tech model, I mean, lots of businesses really thrive and need to survive by being um, ingenious and coming up with new ideas and and, and fast rollout of those ideas oh. uh, and immersive labs um, wanted to create that space um, uh, that was fun but also kind of would help people collaborate the driver is collaboration and creativity uh, but equally you know they've got lots of quiet spaces which you can focus on um, on the flip side of that so um, in that tech scene is we work with runway east uh, you know great to go and look at our website at some of the spaces that we've delivered for runway east particularly in the last year in london um, when we do the spaces in uh, London Bridge, in Shoreditch, and in Whitechapel. Uh, and there's a real, coming out of the pandemic, there's been a real uh, push towards quality uh, across workspace generally, and they have reacted to that very successfully. Um, and we are creating spaces for them um, that I think just they're really nice places to be. They, again, are very aligned with our values because they build their success on providing community uh, to the businesses that work with them. And they all have these brilliant central spaces. And I suppose we're really, really proud um, of the spaces we've done for them, particularly actually the last one. Um, we are driving a, a sustainability agenda um, with all of our clients, but Runways have really embraced it. They've recently uh, achieved B Corp status. We are close to getting our certification as well. I'm on that journey together. Oh, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and, you know, we 
considered every single part of that fit out in terms of you know not only materials and, and the finishes but the air quality and the provision of facilities etc um and we are uh, you know allows us to accredit those spaces we typically use scarve accreditation which is um i think probably the best accreditation for fit out works um but yeah we're, we're achieving high scale accreditation for those spaces so i don't know there's so many spaces that I'm proud of, and there's some brilliant ones that are coming, not literally out the ground because we do office fit out, but are about to be launched. Uh, we've got a lot of projects finishing in the next few weeks that are just really, really exciting spaces. That's amazing. Um, I did see one, if you don't mind me mentioning, I did see one on social media that was a bit like an indoor um, garden type feature. Oh, yeah, there's lots of those. Yeah, I mean, oh, you know, yeah. we, 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 we love the idea of putting that nature inside. You know, people spend a lot of time in these offices. Um, and, you know, I think it's good for your mental health, isn't it, to kind of see plants and, um, mm. you know, and get that sense of nature. Um, and mm -hmm. we were trying to get, as, we are trying to always get as much of it as we possibly can. And we've got some brilliant kind of living, uh, like living walls and, and things like that inside those workspaces. There's a really good one coming out really soon. What is it? What's a living wall? A living wall is like a it's a wall of plants, isn't it? So you have wow, uh, those cool. essentially potted plants uh, fixed to a wall. These have a, they have a quite complicated irrigation system, which is dripping water into them all the side to make it. And wow. they, they look amazing. You get a real sense of you know a like, garden inside your workspace. Like, that sounds amazing. Gosh, that sounds incredible. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, was there anything else that you'd like to say? Um, we're coming sort of towards the end of our time. Is there anything you'd like to say that we haven't yet talked about? Blimey. I think, you know, I think one of the things that what's happening next in our in our industry is, it, it, is a, a question we get asked a lot. And I think one of the things that I'm really, really excited to see going forward is I've been in this industry for 22 years. Uh, and the importance of sustainability has grown over that period. But the, the acceleration in the last two to three years is remarkable compared to the previous 18, 19, 20 years before that, mm. uh, where it is really a number one priority of pretty much all of our clients. Um, you know, whatever we do is going to have an impact on the environment you know we, we can't we can't produce something where there's nothing there before without it having an impact on the environment um so for us we take that really seriously you know right at the start it's like is it is that impact worth it can we create something which is actually worth the environmental um uh cost of it uh you know does the overall value beneficial to the companies etc uh, and then how can we minimise that impact uh, right through the process? So, you know, right through selecting materials and specifying things and the way the building systems work um, to how people get to and from those places of work and, uh, and you know, um, to uh, how we build them. Uh, and then, of course, how they're disposed of at the end and that life cycle of kind of like um, cradle to grave uh, environmental impact. And, and I think for me, this is like a really exciting area that we feel like I feel like I've been pushing really hard for years and now the doors are just open for us to kind of like really drive it forward and um, it's exciting times because I think people 
think or, or believe their offices are more important than they've ever been. Like they really are starting to understand the value of it and they're mm. really understanding uh, the need for to be um, to do it in a way which is environmentally sensitive. And I think those things are really key to making our uh, sector really exciting at the moment. Mm. Mm. And again, I think employees, you know, are quite clear on what they're looking for, I think, now at yeah. work. We spend a lot of our lives at work and um, I think employees are looking for organisations that align their, with values that, that align to theirs. Yeah. And I think there's a big drive towards people wanting to work for businesses that have strong, you know, ethical um, values and responsible business practices and um and sustained sustainability as well so yeah I can see that that would tie into lots of different goals that that organization might have as well yeah the number of stakeholders aren't they with these projects have become wider and wider and wider and actually the employees or even the potential employees are really key stakeholders aren't they of these projects uh mm. where they will call out um the people who are building these spaces if they do not um spend an appropriate level of money in order to minimize the impact uh, on the environment of the decisions they make and I you know it's really refreshing actually with lots of our clients that they understand the delta and the cost of doing it one way or doing it in a far more environmental way and I are seeing more and more typically they will do it in the most environmentally sensitive way it's brilliant and uh, yeah, yeah it's really exciting. Mm. And again I'm really putting you on the spot here I do apologize but I just <laughs> about recruitment and retention and we talk about you know these um really um amazing workspaces i just wondered if if your clients measure at all the difference that um a redesign of their workspace has made on things like recruitment and retention is that such a thing that's measured well definitely i think a lot of our clients are you know do pulse surveys like like we do as well uh, and we're taking um uh, a sense of how that, that population who work for you feel about lots of different things uh, on, on a regular basis. And, and I think um, where we have uh, had clients who have done post-occupancy surveys uh, and uh, looked at how they interact with the business, how they feel about the business, how they feel about their colleagues um, mm. uh, afterwards, we see really, really positive results. Uh, and it's really, really nice to see. But also, you know, we look at see areas where we could improve. You know, it's like the, the very nature of these things is that it will change. Having a new office will change the way your business operates and it will change the way in which people operate. That's inevitable. Um, what we've got to make sure is, is, is in a positive way. And typically yeah. what we see actually is um, the braver the business is about the spaces they're going to create, the more successful they are. And often are when really people are... You know, they're a little bit more conservative, they're a bit more um, restrained about what they want to do. Often when we do this post-occupancy surveys a few months later, they go, oh, you know, we just should have, should have gone a bit more all in. Uh, and then we are adding um, things back in to them. Um, it's nice to see, isn't it? It's nice to mm. uh, help them align to the vision, I think, that we have. Um, mm. And we're excited about them, you know, them being successful in that space and then just it to great great thank you that's brilliant um if people would like to inquire about potentially um working with you guys how how should they get in touch well i mean we are well there's lots of ways actually so we are we really believe in um training the best people in our industry 
So um, we have been working with um, various universities for many years, and we run an internship uh, program with, with all of our uh, with our design team. Uh, that's been really, really successful over the years, and we've got some brilliant people who've come to us to work for us. Also, like a, a little bit of an alumni of people across the industry who've done internships uh, with us. So. Uh, going through a student competition and coming um, to work with sort of an internship in design is a great way uh, to be engaged in the business. Um, we equally we have an academy um, in terms of training people uh, to be contracts managers, project managers, site managers, and business development uh, people. Like kind of, um, uh, and we recruit all the time into that into that academy um, uh, because we really believe that. I think the best people in the industry are often the ones that we train ourselves are most culturally aligned. Um, mm -hmm. So we don't always look for people within our industry. I mean, it's great if they have come from a background in construction or in, uh, in design or in uh, project management or things like that. But to be honest, you know, we're trying to find people who have got the right attitude and aligned with our values. Um, and are full of the enthusiasm for our industry that we have. So they can apply to our academy, it's pretty much open all of the time, uh, and get on our academy program and it will help them qualify in the industry. So that's probably the two main routes. Um, we're also quite a good, um, we tend to be uh, a good location or, or a receiver of lots of people who want to leave London. That tends to be another place where we find people. So, to people who have lots of brilliant experience in our industry who are up in London, who I think get to that point where they think, do you know what, I don't want to be in London anymore. <laughs> and they're looking for kind of like often those five locations outside London where people move to, like, you know, Oxford, Brighton, Paul, uh, Bath, Bristol. Uh, yeah. And we do catch quite a few of those people who okay. find with interaction there's a business which is you know, very much aligned in terms of the aspirations and the speed and the quality that they get with some of the London agencies, but we're down here in the West Country. And so, mm. yeah, that's, a, I think, successful for both of us. Mm, excellent. Thank you. And if there are businesses out there that are thinking, oh, you know, this sounds really good, we should uh, we should be thinking about this, how would they get in touch with you? Well, I mean, I think we're relatively easy to find on the internet these days. <laughs> but yeah, just, just, just get in contact. We, we, you know, we love to explore those conversations around what could a office do for, you know, a new workspace do for your business? How could it, how could it transform it? What difference would it be? What, could, um, what would that world look like to your team or to your clients or um, the output of your business? Um, with a new home for it. And I think, you know, it's interesting when often, um, sometimes we have uh, potential clients come and talk to us and we just take them out of some of our spaces and it really opens their eyes to what that could be or to speak to some of our clients, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, yeah, just get in touch and uh, we'll yeah, speak to any of our clients. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today. You've been really generous and um, yeah, brilliant. Thanks ever so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Polly. Thanks. Bye.